Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, November 5th edition of The Basement Academy. A brief administrative note before we dive into our morning psalm and our study. Starting next week, we're going to begin a Basement Academy replay. In follow-up to this study on evangelism, we're going to replay the Theology 200 series from last year. It was actually last July. And uh, I was recording six days a week back then. How about that? And so there are three weeks of studies What about salvation. What is salvation? What it isn't. The reality of the cross. How does Jesus save us through the cross? And then the third week has to do with living a cruciform life. That is, how do we live into this salvation life? And so I it seems to me to be a good dovetail to what we uh, have been talking about, about evangelism. We're telling this good news. Well, let's go back and make sure we ourselves know how good this good news is. The other reason for doing it is just to give me a little bit of a breather. I love doing these daily studies. I really do. Preparing each day, uh, delivering them each day, recording them, etc. But it does take work. And so there's a few, some, there's some things I've got to give attention to uh, at, uh, at church. And I think playing the replay will help me, it'll help you to, to connect with salvation. Some of you maybe never even saw those studies because you weren't tuning in. So anyway, just letting you know, please tune in. Now you're going to notice the audio and the video are not quite as sharp and clear because it was a different camera system and different uh, microphone system. But hey, uh, it's, it's like a blast from the past, okay? So you'll, you'll tune in on Monday and you'll be seeing things from July of 2020. And um, I trust that you will uh, tune into those uh, and benefit and take some good notes uh, and enjoy those. Okay, our morning psalm, Psalm 65. For the director of music, a Psalm of David tells us that it is a song. Praise awaits you, O God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who form the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away fear your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. 
the meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Amen. Lord, thank you for this psalm of praise for your good work. Crown the year, crown our lives with your bounty. Amen. All right, <clears throat> so let's wrap up four weeks of reflecting on evangelism, unlearning evangelism, okay? Trying to rethink how we conceive of this enterprise of sharing the faith. Now, I've said very openly, I expect and understand that very few actually actively openly share their faith. Hopefully some are thinking more about that, okay? That the purpose of these four weeks is to get you to rethink what it is and how it's done. There are methods for encouraging personal evangelism, and that's what we've been talking about. Personal evangelism. You, as a strategic insider, the mayor of your own little village, right? There's no one else that has the set of relationships that you have. There's a unique set of relationships. So again, map that set of relationships. Um, if you haven't, <laughs> prepare your 100-word testimony or your bullet point testimony so that you could bear witness. Think these things through so that you are prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope you have and live as a person of hope. Memorize those scriptures. <laughs> now, now, when I talk about personal evangelism, I'm going to borrow from one of our previous uh, studies on critical race theory and, and kind of bringing about a more just society. We've talked about Arena 1, Arena 2, and Arena 3. Arena 1 is where you live, kind of your 25-foot radius, just wherever you live, that's Arena 1. It's very local, very personal. Arena 2 is more local and regional, where we as a church family can get together and kind of pull on the oars together and bring some effort. And so um, there's some conversation going at Greenwich amongst the leadership about standing up an evangelism team and uh, being more thoughtful and intentional about, as a church family, about how we share the good news of Jesus Christ with our uh, community. So all that we've been talking about in this um, four weeks, in these four weeks, has really been in the realm of personal evangelism, okay? Now, some of you, no doubt, over time may have heard, learned, or been exposed to different models for personal evangelism. Uh, there is the bridge illustration. There's a big gulf or gap between humanity and between God and then Jesus Christ, the cross, you draw the cross, and that bridges the gap. Jesus is the one who enables us to be in relationship with God. We cannot get there on our own. The Roman road, going through certain passages in the book of Romans about all have sinned, the wages of sin, the free gift of life, etc. And so it's a, it's a brief uh, pathway through the book of Romans to help people to lead people on that Roman road uh, to Jesus Christ. The four spiritual laws, God has a plan for your life, etc. And so that was a tool um, uh, used by one particular parachurch um, group, uh, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as Crew. 
uh, before spiritual laws. Evangelism explosion. Um, I think that came out of uh, D. James Kennedy's church down in Coral Gables, Florida. Trying to equip people with a couple questions. If you died tonight, do you know for certain uh, where you'd go and how would you get there or why would you be there? And so it's asking people a couple what are known as diagnostic questions to, to, to discern their understanding of faith and of salvation and certainty. Is there a certainty? And so these are different models. There are others, okay? I'm not much of a model guy personally. That's just me. It may really work for you. And so you can Google, you can pull up any of these and there would be other, uh, other models as well. However it is, you become more equipped, more prepared, that's the better way to say it, to share your faith in Jesus Christ with those within your village or anybody, right? It could be a stranger. It could be somebody you just met and you find yourself in a conversation at some gathering and the opportunity to speak presents itself, would love for you to be prepared to do that. That's the purpose of this. I want to talk about one other evangelistic expression that really isn't personal evangelism per se, per se. It's really a collective effort that we do together, or God's people do, but local churches gathered. I heard the phrase, golly, 30-ish years ago, if not longer, doxological evangelism, okay? We go to seminary to learn words like this, right? <laughs> doxological evangelism. Doxology is that giving that word of praise. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We sing the doxology, right? And so doxology is has to do with uh, worship. It has to do with praise. It has to do with giving God glory, okay? Uh, words of glory, words of praise directed at God. Okay, doxological evangelism, as explained to me many years ago, is when the church is gathered in worship, Sunday morning or whatever other day of the week an expression the church uh, makes. But when God's people gather together and they are engaged in worship of Almighty God, their gaze is lifted up, as it were, the, the eyes of the heart are open and and, and sometimes hands are lifted. We're singing hymns of praise. We are hearing God's word proclaimed. We're offering prayers. We're coming to the table and celebrating the sacraments. Going to church, okay? <laughs> when we gather on Sunday mornings for that hour, hour and 15 minutes, whatever it is, the church at worship, God intends to be one of his evangelistic tools this notion that if somebody were to come there and walk in and they would go, what in the world is going on here? Who are these people and what are they about? And there's something about the church at worship where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And so the church gathered in earnest worship, giving full attention, uh, Christ-centered um, praise, uh, spirit-born prayers and preaching. There's something about that reality 
there's a sociological phenomenon. You walk in and you see these people giving attention to ancient words and singing together. When do people ever gather and sing when they're not on stage, okay? In concerts, right? You know, the choir or the chorale sings from the platform, from the stage, the rock band, the, the opera singer sings. But when do you ever have the audience doing the singing? Ah, only in the church, right? Only in the church. And so God has so ordained that his people gathered in worship. I think Psalm 22, I think it is. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. There is something that is happening that we may not even fully be aware of. Maybe because we're so used to it. <laughs> but an unbeliever coming into the midst of uh, a worshiping community, something happens. It bears witness to some good news. As, as the word of God is read and proclaimed, as people are giving attention to it, some take notes. But there is, there is a tension giving and a leaning forward into this expression of of God's word and, and, and of song and the like, something happens there. And so it looks like my elbow uh, glanced this. And so <laughs> glanced the board. In, in John's gospel, John chapter 12, verse 32, um, Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. He says this just before uh, he is betrayed. And so this is just before chapter 13, where Jesus is recorded at table and he washes the disciples' feet and he has this, uh, what we call the upper room discourse. And then he goes out and is betrayed by Judas, arrested and go on. So this is one of his last words publicly. When I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And so when Christ is being lifted up in the gathered assembly of God's people, when we're giving our attention, heart, mind, soul, strength, we're focusing there. Um, and, and we've sensed that, haven't we? When we're, when we're gathered, it does, you know, we always don't sense it because the fault is in us that we're not paying attention. Sometimes we're drowsy. Sometimes we're inattentive. Sometimes we might be, you know, looking at our phones in the middle of worship. Sometimes our minds are wandering. But we have all had that experience of being in a gathered assembly of Christians, singing, reading, studying, praying, and a sense of something going on here that's bigger than ourselves. That's the thing. God intends for his church at worship to be a witness to the world, doxological worshiping evangelism. The worshiping church as an evangelistic tool as we lift up Jesus Christ. And so three keys to effective doxological evangelism that I pray is true of Greenwich and of all of our sister churches, that we would be gathered together. The church must be gathered. And so I offer this not in any kind of way of rebuke or scold or anything, but if you can go to church, go to church. 
It doesn't have to be Greenwich, okay? This is not a plea to come to Greenwich. But the church, God intends for his people to gather. And so this kind of distance learning that we do, I think this is okay, right? You know, I'm teaching, I'm talking to a camera, it's going to beam up to some magic place, and then you're going to be able to download it onto your computer at some point in the time of your choosing. We are. This is not intended to be a gathered class. This is remote learning where we're teaching and you're having a chance to interact. We do come together on Wednesdays for discussion group and welcome you to, to join us. Drop me an email, I'll get you the link. But God intends for his people not to neglect the meeting together. The very meaning of church is called out ones. In the Old Testament, it's the gathered assembly. It's God's people co-located in the same room, in the same place, at the same time. Something happens there. And God intends for that to happen at least once a week. Sabbath day worship, okay? And so the first key is you must be gathered together. The church must be gathered. And so if at all possible, you must come to church, <laughs> be part of the worshiping assembly. If there's medical reasons that you stay away, uh, if there's travel, <laughs> certainly understanding. If there um, are family things that impact and you have to stay and watch church uh, on Sunday mornings from your home, certainly understand, support that, encourage that. Let that be the exception rather than the rule. The rule is for God's people to gather together week by week in Sabbath worship. The very act of stopping what we're doing, coming, that alone, a, a church parking lot full of cars bears witness. As people are driving by about their uh, daily uh, work, you know, or going about their business on a Sunday morning, and they see a parking lot full of churches, they go, huh. I wonder what's going on there, okay? So first is gather together. You must be in the same room. Second, come prepared. Come prepared to worship. Don't just, just wander into worship. Pray before you come. Read before you come. Prepare your heart to, uh, to sing. <laughs> if you don't like to sing that much, sing anyway. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come prepared to give in that moment. You're coming to give tribute and give attention and give worship. Give the worship of your heart, the devotion of your heart and of your life to give thanks to God for his provision in your life, for his presence in your life, for his mercy and his forgiveness, what he has done through Jesus Christ in your life. And so we come to church to give, not to get. That, that, that makes all the difference in the world. You are not coming to church as a spectator, as a consumer, as one who is, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay back and yeah, the choir was okay today. Sermon, a little long, a little wordy, you know, okay, whatever, you know, okay, I had some good, good time. I didn't get much out of church today. Let those words never cross our lips. Let the thought never cross our mind that I didn't get much out of church. Well, I hope not. You're not supposed to get, you're supposed to give. <laughs> 
We come to churches to to give our attention, our devotion, our worship. It is a time where we are offering up to God. And so we are here to give. So come prepared to give. That attitude, that expectant, anticipatory attitude where you are coming, I am going to give and we are going to share together and we are going to present to God together our offering of praise, the tribute from our lips. Do we get something? Of course we do. <laughs> of course he pours forth his presence, his word, his truth, his insight, his comfort, and his peace. I understand that. Of course we get things, but we come to give. Okay. Finally, let us give full attention to the word of God and to the presence of God. And the word of God through the scriptures, the word of God as sung I recognize that our hymns are not, you know, holy writ, but but we're singing our prayers, we're speaking our prayers, we're giving full attention. I come, God, your servants are here. Speak, for we listen. He gives to us his marching orders for a new week. And so, Thank you, Greenwich. You have made me into a preacher. You make Eric into a preacher. We, we prepare and we lean into the preaching effort because we know that you are coming with attentiveness, with readiness. We know because you, you feed that information too. As you say, thank you, you know, and you'll, you'll talk about some part of the message that was meaningful to you and and then you go forth and so we we gather we come prepared we give full attention to the lord to his presence he is enthroned on the praises of his people there have been tears in worship there have been lifted hands in worship there have been moved hearts in worship there have been gathered hushes in worship that is doxological reality when we gather surely the Lord is in this place and God uses that not just at Greenwich at every church God intends for every gathered community of his people because there's really just one church so wherever his people are gathering in storefronts in cathedrals in red brick buildings like we have at Greenwich the church is gathering and there are these places of witness and he draws people unto himself. And so I would be remiss if in uh, talking about evangelism for four weeks, I didn't mention this. Now, the, the message doesn't have to be with uh, uh, an altar call, an invitation to receive Christ, to be evangelistic. As we are proclaiming Christ, as we are proclaiming hope, as we are proclaiming the kingdom, as we are calling God's people forth into service and to love uh, and to sacrifice, that bears witness to a good news that there is something beyond this world that we are living for. And that is what this world needs. And that's what unbelievers need. So I would love for you to invite friends to church also. So that's a legitimate evangelistic method. Hey, love you to, ha to come to church with me sometime. Knowing you know that when they come, God is going to be worshiped and you trust that God is going to draw, all, as Christ is lifted up, that he will draw all men and women, boys and girls to himself. And so I try to do, I, I literally try to point to that cross 
that hangs there above the, um, uh, above the choir loft, right above the pulpit. And I love preaching beneath the cross of Jesus. That has not been lost on me. To preach beneath the cross of Jesus, that's the best place uh, to proclaim and the best place to preach. So, okay, so four weeks on evangelism. I would invite you to go back and re-watch these or re-listen to these at some point just to stay fresh on this. Starting next week, we're going to do three weeks of the um, replay on salvation. And, and I'm going to be preparing for additional basement academies, okay? So I just, I, I need to do a little bit of work um, <clears throat> in that regard. But I think it'll be really helpful to go review uh, the salvation message itself, what it is, isn't, and the like, and hope that you will enjoy those. And so um, hope to see you Sunday, gathered for worship and doxological praise and evangelism. And let's give our attention to the Lord now in prayer. Father, hear our prayers with gratitude for these four weeks of studying this topic of evangelism, the joy, the honor of being those who are the proclaimers of your good news. Lord, make our feet beautiful and swift to bring this news to our village. And as we gather on Sunday, Sunday by Sunday, and as our sister churches gather Sunday by Sunday, renew each of these gathered assemblies, Greenwich and our other, uh, our sister churches, that we would be drawn into your presence and that our very gathering would draw people together and others would be drawn to the Savior through these church gatherings. Lord, watch over us, keep us until we gather again on Sunday and beyond and we will continue to give you the praise in the name of our Lord Jesus who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And may the God of the kingdom and of the power and the glory watch over you, keep you, bless you and your village this day and forevermore. Amen.